you hear the scripture this morning, it is Psalm 8. And it is about the world. It is about the intention. But it is also, as you hear the word dominion, I would like you to replace that word in your mind by responsibility. And let's see where this goes. Shannon. Hear now God's word from the Psalms. O Lord, our sovereign How majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babes and infants, you have founded a bulwark because of your foes to silence the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established. What are human beings that you are mindful of them? Mortals, that you care for them. Yet you have made them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You have given them dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under their feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. If we could have, we would have put other words and other languages on that screen. We would have put your language, Daniel and Nita, in from India. We would have put Korean and Chinese and Japanese. We would have put Laotian. And all of these languages are represented right here in this church. And there are others that are represented here. There just wasn't room. I want to talk cross-country for just a minute. We had our first meet last Thursday. And we have, we had about 50 to 55 runners just from Taiyi Middle School. And and it was an amazing event, and we have one young man who has absolutely emerged as a leader, and he, he broke the course record last Thursday over um, at where we were running, over at uh, Kelsey Creek Park. He is an elite athlete, a, a truly an elite athlete. We were against my alma mater again at Highland Middle School, and then... Uh, also a very small team from International. And we had talked sportsmanship throughout the week, and we, we had talked about team. What I will also share is we have one runner on the team who is both physically and somewhat mentally challenged. And yet he is out there every single day. Every single day. And this young man, who is a, an eighth grader, um, can run about 20 yards, and then he stops and he walks. And he has no rhythm in his running. He can't do that. But then he'll run another 20 yards, and then he'll stop and walk. And one of the role of at least one of the five coaches is to always be with him, to 
to run with him. We cannot do that in a meet. We can't. And so here we are at this meet, and we've got 100 kids running, filling this track or, or this, this, this course, and we knew that this young man was probably not going to finish. And so, you know, the whole kind of group goes by, you know, and it's by, by the second lap through this course, they're all spread out. And we watch them go by and go by, and then the second lap, they go by and go by. And here's this young man who runs for 20 yards and then stops and walks for a little while, and then runs for 20 yards and stops. Most of the kids finished in, in somewhere between 12 and 20 minutes. About 10 minutes after the last one of those crossed the line, one more of our young kind of challenge athletes crossed the line, and there were about five of the team that went out to support him through the end of his race. But then another 100 yards behind him came this young man. And I looked over, and here is this elite athlete gathering up other members of the team. And first went five folks out that hundred yards and surrounded that young man. And they were followed by ten more from Tai E. And they were followed by fifteen more from Tai E. And then two people from Highland Middle School and a couple from International went out and gathered around him. And it was as though he was running for the gold medal because the cheering was overwhelming. We have <clears throat> at Tai E, we have a rhythmic clap that begins every meet, and that rhythmic clap began to happen. And what was amazing is then to watch his feet match that rhythmic clap. And he didn't stop running at that point. He ran 30 yards and then 40 yards and then kept running. And you could see the smile on his face. And by the time he hit the finish line, both his fists were up. And the smile literally went from ear to ear. It was phenomenal. Every parent, every coach was there cheering him on. It was, again, it was as though this young man had just won the Olympic medal. And I thought of us. And I thought of today. And I thought of communion. And I thought this is what it's about, particularly on this communion Sunday. It is about being a worldwide team no matter where you are. And then I thought of these children. And I thought of that, particularly that one young girl who can't put her heels down and walks and will walk throughout the rest of her life without surgery on her tippy toes. Or the young man who had lost part of his leg from a Myanmar mine. And I kept thinking about these children. And what we do is we go and surround them. But what we have to do, friends, is the same thing we do in cross-country. We have to be in an appropriate spiritual condition in order to truly have the ability and the strength to go into all the world and bring the good news that is Jesus Christ. And the good news of Jesus Christ is food and clothing and love and grace and most importantly, peace. And I kept going back then to last year and I thought, what is the fitness scheduling that we need to bring, that we need to practice in order to be able to bring these things into the world? And I went back to last year and thought of the Beatitudes. 
So I just want to walk through those really quickly as we prepare for communion. And I want to ask you today, how is your soul condition? How is your spiritual condition today? And are there places where you might need a little more rigor or a little more discipline in the midst of this soul conditioning? And maybe this is a day for you where you are that young man who just needs to be surrounded by a team that is clapping for you and supporting you. But it begins with that first of the Beatitudes. We begin our conditioning when we understand our own spiritual poverty. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Because until we understand our need to do this spiritual exercise, we're not going to get anywhere. How are you in knowing your need or your own spiritual poverty? And out of that then comes the next one, which is much more relational. It is then feeling deeply for others. Blessed are you who mourn. Blessed are you who feel deeply for others. And we open ourselves up and our souls up for others like these children or so many others around the world or even those in our neighborhood. We feel deeply for those who are there. That's number two. Number three, blessed are we when we understand that we're not God. When we believe that somehow we have the decisions of God or we have the power of God or we seek the power of God, here's what happens. You heard it in the story last week. When, when we believe that we are God, we make absolute fools of ourselves. That's the punchline of that story from the garden last week where they realize that they're naked and what do they do immediately? They go find poison ivy and they sew it together and they put it against the most sensitive areas of their bodies. And that's what happens to us when we believe that we can be like God. Or at least believe that we can have power that way. So we realize that we are not God, but that there is a God there who seeks to be in relationship with us. And as we realize that, what we do is we understand that the way that we need to approach getting more spiritually fit as we look at prayer and we look at study and we look at fellowship and we look at those kinds of things and we pursue those things as though we're starving. Starving for nourishment. Or we pursue those things as though we're dying of thirst and we just pursue and pursue and pursue. Knowing that as we pursue, we will be filled. Blessed are you who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For you will be filled. And then it is out of that, that deeper understanding, that we're able, out of the abundance of our spirits, to provide mercy. Mercy is one of those deep emotions. When we look at the pictures or the videos that we saw at the beginning of worship, our hearts should be overwhelmed with the need to provide mercy. When we look at the video of a child or a picture of a child like that, we should be overwhelmed with the need to provide mercy. When we look in our own community and the needs there, we should be overwhelmed 
And out of that we provide things of mercy. At first service, Colleen Allman talked about Hammond House. And there's a place where mercy can turn into action or Sophia Way or Crossroads or so many of the areas where we seek to serve. It's out of that abundance of spiritual fitness that we sense the need to provide mercy in our actions of food, our actions of clothing, our actions of prayer and of love take root and then go and provide mercy. But you know what? We don't always succeed. Many of us, me included, we fail. We fail to provide what is needed or we fail to be there for each other or we fail in other ways and, and then what we need to do is, is understand that we all fail. And in a culture of daring greatly, we can fail, admit that, and know that we'll be surrounded by forgiveness and mercy. And out of that failure, then we move on. And we, we gain even strength out of that as we admit to each other our own failures. And we confess. But out of that, then, we receive overwhelming grace and forgiveness. And it strengthens us even more. And the culmination of all of those things, the culmination of every one of those things, is what we talked about two weeks ago perfection. It's been so funny that when I say to my classes or say in, in here on Sunday mornings that, you know what, you can be perfect. And you know what happens invariably when I say those words? Most heads do this. <laughs> they do. And yet Christ promises that there is perfection in this life. Wesley uh, Uh, just absolutely says there is perfection available in this life. And you know what the perfection is? It is that peace that passes understanding. That is the perfection. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peace givers. Blessed are the peace receivers. Blessed are those who find peace. Because when we find peace, we are able to offer peace. Peace and perfection, those two words could be used at the same time in every sentence. Wesley does something more. Oh, oh, by the way, if we practice those things, if we work out spiritually with those things, if we run with those things, There will be consequences because there are those around us who look at us and scoff. And there will be consequences. But we hold true to that and we run this race together. What I was going to say is Wesley says there are three very basic elements that help us understand this. that kind of frame it in a different way. Jim, do you have those? This is the first. In all things, no matter where you are or what you're doing or who you're speaking with or any of these things, first, do no harm. It sounds so easy. First, do no harm. That should be in the back of our heads. And the way that we recognize that is by going through that spiritual fitness exercises. Second, Do all the good you can. And then you can fill in the blanks with the rest of those. Do all the good, 
by all the means, in all the ways, in all the places, at all the times, to all the people, as long as ever you can or you ever can. Do all the good. Do no harm. That's not enough. Go and do all the good you can. And the way that you are able to do that is by the third piece, which is to practice what he calls the ordinances. And guess what those are? It goes back to the beginning. We just went full circle. Practice the Beatitudes. Practice a life of prayer. Go into a life of study. Be with each other and talk through these things together so that you can find strength in each other. And guess what the outcome of that then becomes? (laughs) No matter where we are, we become that team. And when there are those of us who can only run 20 yards and walk for another 20, we have folks around us who are carrying us. When, when we walk in here in a walker or in a wheelchair, we know that we have those, that team around us that will take care. And when our souls are infirmed, we know that we have a place that will surround us and cheer us on. And every one of us goes through times of difficulty. And our hope is that every one of us then also goes through times of victory where we can cross that finish line, run that good race, and come with fists in the air and smiles going ear to ear, knowing that we are sharing this with others who love us deeply. Paul said, run the good race. Well, friends, that's what this is about. And what does that mean for us on World Communion Sunday? It means we reach across the globe We, in our strength and out of our strength, we reach across the globe and surround anyone and everyone, even children in Thailand or a village in Nepal or fistula patients in Ethiopia or so many other places. And now we surround them and we help them become healthier and help them run that good race. And it grows in ever-growing concentric circles.